Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right. Um, you can turn to, uh, to Revelation 19, uh, 18. We'll be in 18. Finished 17 last week. Trying to speed up a, a little bit. Not, I'm, I'm not trying to intentionally go super fast, but I am trying to get through the book. And then when we get through the book, I'm going to take Jerry's recommendation, and we're going to go back and kind of do a, a, an overview again, a bigger overview, 30,000-foot look of, 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 of trying to put together a timeline. I mean, there's a lot of things we can't tell. There are a lot of things we can kind of put in here, uh, you know, the, the, with the rapture and then, and then when these events start, and we know this part happens in the first six, three and a half years, and these things happen in the last three and a half years. So there's a lot of things we can put on a timeline, and we'll try to look at that so you get a, a big picture. And then here's what you can do. You can take what we've studied for the last uh, year now, We've been in this. We started this over a year. We started in January, I think, of last year uh, when we first started looking at the end times. And I told you all then, I wasn't preaching. I wasn't teaching through Revelation. I wasn't doing it. And the Lord said, yes, you are. So here we are. A year later, we're, we're still in Revelation. And, uh, but we're getting closer. But there's some things that I was just, I've been thinking a lot about this, this thought of how things are just going crazy right now. Um, Somebody told me today that there are Russian ships off of, uh, I think, of, off of Hawaii and off some of our coast. There are Russian battleships that are out there. I heard submarines, too. What, submarines? Uh, maybe it's submarines. Maybe it's not battleships. I didn't hear it. Uh, Pastor Aaron was telling me about it. But this is, these are the things we, we hear. And most of the stuff we hear, we aren't hearing it through mainstream media, right? You're not, you're not getting the real story through mainstream media. And then there's... There's a spy balloon, this Chinese spy balloon, that uh, went completely across the country and then left, left, hold on, getting ahead of me. This spy balloon that comes completely across the country, and when it can no longer spy on us, we shoot it down. And then there's these other balloons that they don't even know what they are. They don't know if it's a spy balloon or, or, or if, it's, if it's private or if it's a, a commercial. or They don't have any clue what it is, and they're blowing them up with $400,000 missiles for stuff they don't even have a clue what it is. But when you know what it is, just let it, let, let's just wait till it finishes its mission, its spy mission, and then we'll take it out. Boy, we're brilliant. Um, then you got this thing going on in East Palestine, uh, Ohio, where the train derails carrying these terrible chemicals and they intentionally set it on fire and they've created what I'm reading may be as bad of a environmental problem as anything we've had in our country, maybe. This may be as bad as Three Mile Island. I mean, the rivers are being polluted right now. Fish, birds falling out of the air, people's chickens and dogs and stuff are dying and and they're being told, you'll be okay. Yeah, your dog's dying in three days, but you'll be fine. One of the chemicals is, it, 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 I mean, it's super, super, super highly carcinogenic, okay? But are you hearing a lot about that? On, that ought to be 24-7 on mainstream media right now, but it's not. The mainstream news is not hardly talking about it. Um, the, have you heard the talk about the Russia, the Russia gas pipeline that was blown up back, I don't know, two, three months ago? Now it's being taught that we did that, which is, you know, I probably shouldn't say this on what's going out on the Internet, but that's an act of war. I mean, we got a, we got a president who's just bypassing everything 
and, and may end up getting us right into war from something stupid like that. And I said stupid. Yes, I did. And parents, if you forgive me, there's no little kids in here today. Oh, okay. But it is. Uh, I get that some people don't say that. I, I do say it. And when stupid, I call stupid stupid. I'm sorry. Um, then we have, we have escalating violence in Israel. It's interesting. We left Israel, and it's, I mean, all kind of stuff has broken out. They have had, I was listening to a guy on the radio. They do a weekly report, and he was talking about all the things. I mean, there are a lot of small little attacks and things going on right now uh, over there in Israel. The major earthquake in Turkey. Uh, well, I, I, I don't have much doubts on that. You send a Florida, red and Florida man over there. We sent Florida man over there to Israel and went into the, 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 the never mind. But the Turkey, the earthquake in Turkey, I saw estimates last week. They, they think it could go over 100,000 dead. I haven't seen the latest numbers on that. Is it? They did pull a 40-year-old woman out of there, 170-something hours. Oh, it's amazing. Just praise the Lord. Um, and then, you know, I think this is interesting. When our government, from, from the from the... The, where they, the press, when they do press conferences, our government talking about UFOs. Yeah. Yeah, that's real I, I mean, that just blows my mind that our government's this time talking about UFOs. So this is, this is, where, the world, this is where the world is. And y'all probably got to, we could probably create a whole bullet point list of just crazy stuff that's going on right now. But so much of this is not being talked about. And then there's other things that we know about folks we know, and it's not being talked about. So it's... Um, uh, listen, when, 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 when satanic forces are in control, and they are in this world, this is the stuff, this is what's going on. And, and it just, I say all that to say this. Oh, here's the other one I want to put down here at the bottom. And then we got revival breaking out in Kentucky. I'm, I'm, I'm debating driving up there. I'm thinking of going up there. I mean... This is everything I'm reading. I know some people that have been there. I know some people who, who have written books about revivals in our country. And they say this has every year mark of a, of a real revival. It's not some manufactured, put-on emotionalism. There's something, there's something going on up there that's pretty, pretty exciting. And uh, so one, somebody, a pastor was telling me today, somebody made a comment said, God works where he is welcomed or where he's wanted. I said, that's a terrible statement because that's not, God works where he wants to. He works where he wants to, when he wants to, how he wants to. And the problem is, a lot of times God's working, we don't see it because we want to see it the way we want to see it. We want to see it break out in, in a revival where everybody's laughing or, or whatever. You know, repentance, true repentance and revival don't break out in laughing. It ain't people acting kooky and dancing in the street. You know what it starts out with? Real revival comes with what? Repentance, repentance brokenness, confession of sin. That's, broke, that's, real, that's real revival. And that's what we need in this country is we need a brokenness among God's people and a repentance among God's people. We worry so much about what the lost world's doing. What we need to worry about is what we're doing. We need to worry about first what the guy in the mirror is doing. When we get up in the morning, what are you doing? How are you living your life? And you know what? If, if, it ain't, if it ain't right in lockstep with the Lord, then we need to be repenting of that. 
That's, that's, where, that's the revival we need in this country. Um, amen? amen? All right, so eight after seven. Let's see. I'm not going to worry about... We might get through tonight. I've only got six pages, but we're going we're to work through Revelation 18. So let's work through it. Look, we are, we, we, maybe we get through Revelation before the Lord comes back. Maybe we don't. Amen? But, but uh, let's, let's look at it. So for Revelation 18... Uh, I would title this, this study in chapter 18 as The Fall of Babylon the Great. That's what we're looking at. We've already, we already looked at some of that part of that last week, but now we're, we're, lo- we're looking at that whole system, that satanic system, but now we see the fall of Babylon the Great. So here we read of commercial Babylon, which represents uh, the great global system in, in the latter days. It's this whole world system that will be in place, and it's what we're talking about here with, with commercial Babylon, the the control over everything. And we see more and more of that, don't we? We see the control. Um, these verses in 1 John chapter 2 and these verses, we need to really cling to believers. We need to, we need to cling to this. John tells us, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust thereof. But he who does the will of God abides forever. And so what we're going to see in the latter days is, is, there, is a, there is this love for the world. We're going to read in this chapter. We're going to see. We see the love for the world in this chapter. The love for the things of this world. And uh, we as believers, that should not be our heart. Folks, I get it. I get it. We, we need to pay our bills. Amen? We need to pay our bills. We, we need to, we want to provide. We, uh, we don't know. We don't, it, it, I mean, if we, knew, if we knew with certainty the Lord's coming back in 10 years, right? Would you care about your 401k then? Would you? I mean, if he, you'd spend it, cash it out, take the hit, and, yeah, live it up. All right, well... But even better is, better thing to do with it might be what? Mission. The mission. It, it, you know, we, we still, and I'm preaching to me right now. I'm preaching to me and I'm talking, you're hearing me think out loud. But folks, we, we worry too much about this world. We say all the things that we say that we believe, but we don't show that we believe that fully because if, well, let me ask you this. If the disciples believed the Lord when he said, I'm going to die, I'm going to be buried, and three days later I'm going to rise from the dead. And he told them that again and again and again. If they really believed that, where would they have been on the morning of the third day? At the tomb. How many of them were at the tomb? Not a one was at the tomb. And the ladies that came, bless their hearts, they come out. They want to come and they come to anoint the Lord's body. They didn't believe it. They were showing their love for the Lord, but they didn't believe it. And then they, when, when the tombs open, where did they take his body? Their first thought was somebody stole the body. They moved the body. Not he rose from the dead. Now, I'm not criticizing them because we do the same thing. We say we believe this book. But we don't live like we believe this book. The Bible teaches us to prepare, to be smart about the future. But that can cross over real quick into, a con- I'm just all consumed with the future and, and my retirement. 
Brent, Brent's my, my financial advisor. Here's what Brent knows. Pastor Conrad will not be retiring anytime soon. <laughs> he knows that. He is a, he is, he's an expert on that. And unless he can work some miracles, but, but can I tell you this? I have no desire. I never have. I've never had a desire to retire. Now, as I get older and your body, you know, the hip hurts or the, you go, okay, now I understand why maybe people get to a place. Because at 30 and the way you feel, you go, oh, I would never, I'd never. But at this point, if I can go, Pastor John Reynolds was, uh, was one, of the, one of the hosts of our trip to Israel. John Reynolds is 81 or 82 years old. And, uh, uh, I mean, he's just going wide open. He's all over the country. He's preaching all the time still. And uh, I thought, man, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. I want to just drop dead one day. I don't want to fizzle out and burn out and rock in a chair and rock out. I want to uh, just, boom, I want to, boom, just be gone. Yeah? I want to go till I can't go no more. Amen? That's where he's at. Miss Linda, I'm, this is a question you never ask a lady, but... Ms. Linda, how old are you? I'm the 19th, so this month I'll be 82. Ms. Linda, she went, I mean, never, never slowed down. We got to New York. I had a group of ladies. I said, I'd take y'all anywhere. We went all over New York, Angie and, and, uh, and uh, Kathy and Ms. Linda. We walked all over Manhattan and, man, never, never, never stopped. That's where we need to be in our walk with the Lord. We ought to be focused on the Lord. And, and not so much, I mean, our job. Oh, man, we complain about my job. We complain about this. We complain about that. How about we just really, as believers, we truly focus on the Lord and our energy's all on Him. You still got to have a job, right? You still got to do the things you need to do and you, you make money and you tie to the church. We, we're on mission as a church. You give to missions. So we're on mission as a church. We want to do all we can to see people come to faith in Christ. We witness in our community. You witness to your friends. You still got to do those things. But don't let those things capture your heart. And they do. And what we're going to find out is, is, is in the end times, there are folks that, man, they are consumed with the world. I'm afraid there's a lot of Christians that have, have been infiltrated, been infected that way too. They're consumed with the world. And, and, and say they love Jesus, but they don't. Yeah, it's okay. Jesus is over there, and he's in a silo, and I got my business silo, and I got my family silo, but I'm not all in with the Lord. That's where we need to get to. I want to see revival, and that's where it starts, and it starts with each individual, with getting to that place in our lives. where It is about the Lord. Amen? So, of course, religious Babylon, the apostate church... Um, that'll be in Rome that we talked about last week will have a great part to play in the economics of the nations. It's a big part of that. And so when, the, when this religious system collapses, it'll, it'll, be for, it'll be the beginning of the end for the beast's entire empire, although he's going to have three and a half years yet to reign. So when, that, when we look to chapter 17 and, and, the, and the, the apostate church is judged and it is, it is destroyed, it is brought down, then... then there's another three and a half years of this economic system that Satan is ruling, and that's still going to be going on. Um, there's a lot of comfort in Revelation 17, 17. It says, For God has put it into their hearts 
into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind, and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. So what we understand when we read this is those things that are going on in the end time, in the very end, the Lord's moving them. He's putting it in their heart. They are doing exactly what he wants them to do. They've chosen. They've put themselves in that position. And there comes a place where the Lord then makes it, he puts it in their hearts to fulfill his purpose. He puts it in their heart to go and do that. You you turn on the Lord, you turn away from him, then he's going to turn you over to everything and guide you in that to fulfill his purpose. So it's very comforting that. So when we look here in chapter 18, here's what we're going to notice. We're going to really focus on something different in this chapter. We're going to focus on some voices. Okay, so we're going to see we're going to see four different voices in this passage. All right, so first one is in the first three verses, verses one through three. We're going to see the voice of judgment, the voice of judgment. And let's read one through three. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice. Here's our first voice. He cried mightily with a loud voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. This angel announces the fall of Babylon, an event that has already uh, been announced a couple of times. We saw it in chapter uh, 14, verse 8. It says, and another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. That great city, because she has... Uh, made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And we talked about that when we looked in chapter 14, when we looked in chapter 16, that these were looks ahead. There were big picture uh, chapters that were, were parenthetical chapters. They were, we were seeing things not necessarily in the timeline. Some of this we were looking ahead to. Verse, chapter 16, verse 19 said, Now the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon was remembered before God and get, and, and, uh, to Give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And, and those are strong words. And now we're seeing that, that this has come to, fa- to pass. The repetition of is fallen, is fallen, suggests the dual judgment of the two chapters uh, on religious and on commercial Babylon. There's the idea there that one, it's fallen. The, com- the religious Babylon has fallen, and the idea is that all, now the commercial Babylon has fallen. Babylon is fallen, is fallen. As well as the statement, verse 6, that, that uh, she would receive double for her sins. Revelation 18, 6 says, Render to her just as she rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed, Mix double for her. So this great city. Now that's that's in chapter. Uh, that's in verse ten. It says that the great city Babylon. So this great city, the center of the world economic system, will finally get what it deserves from the hand of God, and and it has become a habitation of demons, and uh, and a haven for foul spirits. We saw that in chapter sixteen, verse thirteen and fourteen. Where, where Ephesians 22, uh, 22 tells us this, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So the church is the habitation of the Spirit of God. That's what the church is. I mean, we, we, we are the body of Christ. So when we preach about that Sunday, we're in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, looking at verses 12 through about 25, we'll be in there Sunday. And we're, we're going to really focus some time on the church. 
And, and when, when did the church start? And what does that mean? What do those verses teach us about that? And we see who the church, what the church is, who the church is. And, um, but we see here that this Babylon was a habitation for demons, for foul spirits. Revelation 16, 13, and 14, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out of the kings of the or out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day uh, of God Almighty. And so, it, it, man, it's just a demonic. This whole thing of Babylon, the, the the city, the the whole structure of it is demonic and it's possessed. So Satan is often pictured. We saw there at the end of verse two. Uh, unclean and hated birds. Satan is often pictured as a bird. When you look at Matthew 13, verse 4, it says, And as he sowed, some seed fell on the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Matthew 13, 19, he says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. Wayside. So sometimes Satan is, betray, is, is represented in Scripture as a, as a bird. And we see that in chapter, uh, in verse 2, if we look back to verse 2. So verse 3 indicates that Babylon influenced the nations of the earth the way wine influences drunkards. So they're intoxicated. Verse 3, for all the nations have drunk of the wine of the, nation, of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. But the city, the city made them rich, which was all that mattered to them. You know, we're gonna, I'm going to go into that a little more in a bit, but man, they, the people of the earth don't care because they're profiting. You can probably think of some, some industries today that are wicked, but people don't care because they're profiting. You know, I have my opinions and, and I don't mind sharing them. Um, huh. We are going to get shut down. <laughs> so I, I heard an interview. So I heard an interview of a, and I don't remember if it was a Pfizer executive or a uh, Moderna executive. This, this person in 2019 went to, they, they, had, they had manufactured 100,000 vials of vaccine for COVID-19 in 2019. 100,000 vials. He said this out of his own mind. This wasn't, I'm reading something. It, I'm listening to him say this. And then he says that his crew, his people were, were just shot when he went to them in 2019 and told them, you know, how are we going to do this? How are we going to manufacture a, a, a billion doses of this next year? There's going to be a pandemic. Okay, yeah, I got my tinfoil hat on. Uh, preacher, you're, you're, you're a conspiracy guy. Um, no, I, I look at stuff and go, there's greed. And you have people who do not give a rip. They do not give a rip about people of this world, and if their little jab kills them. They don't care. As long as they're making the I mean, the money you're talking about, is it's unreal, right? So 
Then you have, you have porn industries. The billions of dollars that the porn industry makes every year. Off of, some people I'm sure are in that, they're, they're in it, but there are people that are exploited. There are, I'm convinced there are, there are young girls that are abducted, that are never seen again, that are, that are exploited. There's human trafficking at record numbers in our world today, all over. It's amazing we want to speak against slavery, and slavery is as, it's more prevalent today than it's ever been. And it's right under our noses. It's going on right here in this county. I promise you, probably in Geneva, there may even be somebody in Geneva that really is being held against their will, being forced into a situation. Very possible. Very probable. So people, people would invest in, you know, Brent knows I, I don't want to invest in stuff that has anything to do with abortion or, or sexual sin. I don't want to invest in that stuff. I don't, I don't care. Oh, man, that, that thing can make a whole lot of I don't care. I don't want that money. I don't want that. To, yeah, it's like blood money. Yeah, I don't, I don't want that. Um, so there's a whole lot of stuff. And people, they don't care about anything that really matters as long as they're making their money. In fact, we had a family member who, who said one time they were a little dishonest in their car business. And the statement was made, Jeannie, you remember this. I heard this one out of his own mouth. He said, business is business and church is church. <laughs> Folks, I don't want that guy in my church. If you're crooked, we don't want you. Get your heart right, but you're out there. You're a blight. You're a reproach on the church. You're a reproach on yourself. You're a reproach on the Lord. If that's the way you do your business and you cheat people and you steal from them and you're crooked and you lie to them, but you got your fish emblem on your car and you tell people... If that's you, don't tell them you go here. Tell them you go to, I can name any number of churches around here. <laughs> tell them you go to that church. Don't tell them you go here. Amen? Amen. All right, number two, the voice of separation. The second voice we hear is the voice of separation, verses four through eight. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins unless you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her just as she rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed, mix double for her. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen and am no widow." And will not see sorrow. Boy, you hear the pride in that. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day. In one day. Death and mourning and famine. And she will be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judges her. So, some of God's people are, are in this city. Now, what is this kind of... I hadn't even thought of this as I was preparing. But what does this make you think of now? There's a city. It's about to be under judgment. That God is saying, get out of the city. Sodom and Gomorrah, right? 
And, and, and God told him, get out. So he's given some warning here. And he's given warning because there's, there's a couple of reasons. First is the city's going to be destroyed and he wants them saved. He don't want them to die in that. And the city is satanic and he doesn't want them defiled. He doesn't want them being a part of that for her sins have reached to heaven. Uh, it, says, it says, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins. It's a strong word for them. Yes, yeah, for them. That's not, that's not for us today. No, that is for us today. This book is for us too, and we can learn from this. And that's the things we have to look at is come out, he says. Come out has, has always been God's call to his people. For salvation means separation from, from the, the world unto the Lord. It's not isolationism. It's not what we're supposed to do as believers. But we are to come apart. We are to come away. We're not to be like the sinful world. We're to be different. Um, what's, the, what's the word I was talking about? Uh, uh, peculiar. You know, we, we kind of think that means weird. I don't, I don't think it means weird. The more I've studied that, I think it just means, man, you're set apart for the Lord. You're doing, you are different for His glory. We ought to be peculiar. People ought to look at us and know, man, there's something different about them. And if they know you at all, they ought to know what it is that's different about you. Well, why don't you laugh at those jokes? Why don't you tell those jokes? Why don't you, know, why don't you steal time at, at work? Why don't you talk about the women? Why don't you run around drinking at the bar with us? Why don't you do those things? Well, there's a good reason I don't do those things. The Lord's changed my heart. Those are not things I want to be a part of. 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. We, we make that verse about marriage. We, we often tie that to marriage. It absolutely applies to marriage. But it absolutely applies to us every day in what we do and the way we live our lives. We're not to be unequally yoked. So how can we be yoked? We can be yoked in a business partnership. You can be yoked and just shaking hands with someone in agreement to, go, to do something, whatever. There's a lot of ways to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And we, we don't need to, that doesn't mean that we don't interact with the lost world. We absolutely do. But we do it in the right way and we don't become what, what the world is. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? The world glorifies itself. The Christian seeks to glorify God. That, that ought to be you know, what it is. The world lives for the pleasures of sin while the Christian lives for the, for the pleasure of Christ. That ought to be our desire is to please Him. And uh, man, I, I, it breaks my heart because I think so often how, how I know my life doesn't fully please Him. There's things that you go, man, I know that, Lord, I know. That attitude, that reaction, that word, whatever, that... Roll it, whatever, all those things, all these, even the littlest things. Oh, the Lord understands. Yeah, he understands me. That doesn't mean he's pleased with it. I mean, he likes it. It's not what he wants for us. He wants us to be holy as he's holy. Look at Babylon's pride again in verse 7. I sit a queen and shall see no sorrow. But verse 8 indicates that in one day she will exchange her joys for sorrow, her riches for famine. Verse 8 uh, says, therefore, her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine. She will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. So there's a lesson again here for, for God's people. Do not share in other people's sins. Do not share in their sins. You know, if we see people around us that are walking in sin, 
We ought to be a voice of truth in their life. Uh, it's like I said, um, I don't know, did I say it Sunday? Was it Sunday or last Wednesday talking about, yeah, I guess it was Sunday. You know, we don't have to go out. I don't have to go out and dissect Islam to a Muslim. I don't have to go out and be, point out all the problems of the, 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 the Catholic Church to someone that's in Catholicism, that's trusting in Catholicism to save them. We need to go preach Jesus. Amen. That's what we need to do. And, and, you know, I've shared this before. One, one of the quotes John Reynolds said years ago, he said, yeah, the Bible tells us clearly to contend for the faith. But the problem is too many of us are so contentious, we're no good to the kingdom. Amen. You can stand for truth without being a jerk. I mean, I, I can stand on truth and I can, I can state my... But we get caught up and I want to be right. And we're more concerned with me being right than we are about that person's soul. So we, we've got to get to that place where we're not walking in that sin with people. We're, we're pointing them in the right direction. Vance Havner said this. He says, in our well-intentioned identification with the world, well-intentioned identification with the world, and we got a lot ton of that, especially in churches. There's a lot of churches today that are very intentional with their identification with the world. They look like the world. They party like the world. Their, their services look like a rock concert. I mean, everything wants to be like the world. Church ought to be different, people. It ought to be different. If, if you can't tell the difference between this and an Iron Maiden concert, we got a problem. This is different. We're, we're, this is different. In our well-intentioned identification with the world, we do not mold it. It molds us. We are not to be isolated, but insulated. Moving in the midst of evil, but untouched by it. That's what he said. And there's, there's, that's a great, great quote, and there's a lot of truth in that. We, we need to be in the world, not of the world, right? We, we, we still function in the world. There, how can we witness to lost people if we isolate and lock down and, you know, we don't, we don't talk to anybody, we don't go outside, you know, we can't win lost people that way. But we're not winning lost people either when we go out and we look like them, we talk like them, we act like them, we do the things they do, saying we're trying to reach them. I was flipping through, uh, I don't know what it was on, but there was a video popped up. And this guy starts talking and he's, he's given a, I'd say a religious talk. And he's, he's going to defend the Lord in something or he's trying to make a point and he's using And he starts popping off with profanity. I thought, eh, gong, you know, next. It, 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 it's amazing to me how we rationalize our sin but i'm but but no no i'm i'm doing god's will as we walk right in sin we justify ourselves all right now we got 9 minutes and i i'm not going to try i told you i was going to stop a little early because i want you to have time truly to write those cards if you haven't already um is everybody, who's, who needs a little time to write a card? Y'all all written your cards? 
That's why y'all were quiet earlier. What would you say, preacher? No, well, that's good. Okay. Well, we're still going to stop early because if I start, we're going to go 10 minutes over. So I got another point. It's a longer point. So I'll stop right there. Any, any questions or comments or anything? Yes, sir. 